Hello, friends. Welcome to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Dimmitt. Today's guest is Emily Harrington. Emily is a professional climber whose accomplishments and ascents span pretty much the entire climbing spectrum. She's a five-time national sport climbing champion. She's red-pointed multiple 514Bs. She has summited Mount Everest, and she's free-climbed El Cap via a route called Golden Gate, which is definitely not the easiest one on the mountain. Over the last few years, Emily has had the goal of climbing El Cap in a day, and she's trying to do that via the same route. So that's what we talked about. At the time of our conversation, Emily was getting ready to go back down to Yosemite for a little bit more preparation and to give Golden Gate in a day another attempt, which she did, and which, if you haven't heard, was successful. Emily sent Golden Gate in a day on November 4th with a few hours to spare. I believe the official time was 21.13. Super cool. So a huge congratulations to Emily. As you'll hear in the episode, this one meant a lot to her and was a project that was many years in the making. We talked quite a bit about Golden Gate, what drove her to want to do it in a day, and about the process of projecting it and what some of her preparation looked like. We talked about her favorite and least favorite pitches on the route, which was hilarious. We talked about what she's learned from partnering with Alex Honnold. We talked about embracing fear and using it as fuel, some of her strategies for working through anxiety, not just in climbing, but in life, Emily's thoughts on nutrition and body weight and eating to fuel her body, and we talked about some of her recent cooking and about cupcake-flavored ice cream. I've got another follow-up call scheduled to release this week, this time with Jonathan Segrist. You'll get a teaser for that one on Thursday. We talked about his current trip to New England and chasing good weather out there. We talked about his most recent 515 first ascent of New World, and I got all the details about the harder direct finish to that one, which is the project that has him most inspired at the moment. And we talked about how he goes about projecting something like the Finns Project, where he has already climbed the pieces of the route, and how he approaches a fresh round of attempts on a multi-season project. Again, you'll hear a teaser for that one on Thursday. And as always, you can learn more about follow-ups at thenuggetclimbing.com. A massive thank you to Emily for making time for this one, and congratulations to her again for an amazing accomplishment. It was super fun to hear about part of the process, and I hope you dig it. Please enjoy this fun and captivating conversation with Emily Harrington. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Emily? I'm doing well. Good. Um, I actually just got to my moon board. <laughs> to your moon board? <laughs> yeah. Are you at your house in Tahoe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I were home for a little bit. Um, I was home this week. I was supposed to be home until uh, Sunday, but the weather's kind of shifted, and so I have to go back to Yosemite tomorrow. Okay. And climb on Saturday. <laughs> you going for another push on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to go, like, uh, try to climb 
basically like wrap to the middle of the wall and like climb out. Okay. And then press two days and then climb from the bottom up to the middle. And then, uh, and then I should be ready, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just kind of running around trying to get things done before I have to leave tomorrow. Gotcha. It, it's so interesting. I've never projected anything even remotely on that scale, but you know, even sport climbing, it's like, oh yeah, I, I have this project and I didn't do it this season. So next season I have to go back and kind of make all the links again and one hang it again and whatever. And it's just crazy to me to think about doing that on a 3,200 foot scale. Yeah, dude, it's, it's like a whole different thing. It's like trying to touch every part of the wall. It takes so long it takes so many days and it's like so hard to get to like you know like some of the harder pitches are like right in the middle of the wall and it's like Mm. you just have to do crazy shit to do it like hike up to the top and repel the whole mountain in order to like get to that one pitch and then yeah it's a it's a lot it's been a long process Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I'd, i'd love to just dive straight into it um i guess first off do you have a time limit today yeah, is it okay if we can be done by around three? Okay, yeah, we can make that happen. Does that work? Just because I did not anticipate having to leave tomorrow, and okay. now I am leaving tomorrow. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha, yeah, that's we can make that work, no problem. I appreciate that, thanks. <laughs> so it's so interesting to me with a project like this, um, You, what you've been talking about already is Golden Gate. You're trying to free climb Golden Gate in a day. And it's really interesting because you've already sent Golden Gate And that's just fascinating to me as far as like all the things in climbing that you could be doing, you know, choosing this goal versus free climbing a different route on El Cap or a harder route. I'd love to hear you talk about the kind of the game in Yosemite that is this in a day thing and why El Cap in a day. And and I guess what is it about this specific challenge that is speaking to you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there I think and I think I asked myself this question pretty frequently like why did I choose to like essentially repeat the same route over again every time you're back in the monster you're like why why yeah exactly I like swore I would never do it and I think (laughs) when I did when I did send Golden Gate it was like at my absolute limit Um, like the limit of my experience the limit of my knowledge about that kind of climbing you know, physically, it was at my limit in a lot of ways. And I guess I just felt like, I kind of felt like I still had a lot to learn. And like I had flailed. And like I had found my limit, but that I knew that I could improve so much. Mm. And that I knew that I could improve so much. I could. I knew that I could improve as a climber so much by trying to do it better. Mm. And I think, you know, yeah, I could definitely could have just gone to a different route and like focus, put energy into trying to send another route on, on LCAP, ground up, you know, hauling and, and all the things. But the thing that I truly loved about my experience on Golden Gate, like the thing I loved the most was the actual like climbing and the like beating myself against the, you know, beating myself against the wall, like trying really hard. In addition to that, like I really do love like what Adrian and I love to do together in the mountains is we do love to do things car to car. We love to do mountains fast. We mm. love to like see how much of the downtime we can like take out and how much of the like actual activity can we like uh, do, you know? So mm-hmm. like when we go, 
when we go on expeditions, even it's like, okay, like how, how fast can we like get to the mountain and like get climbing, Mm. you know? And, And it's sort of like that mentality, I guess, of like how much of like my experience on LCAP can be, can be me just like climbing, just starting from the bottom and going to the top. And I think that's why people love the idea of free climbing LCAP in a day is that it's all about the climbing. Like you don't have to mess around with the hauling and you don't mm. have to mess around with all the gear, like watching people. Sorry, there's a helicopter. Um, <laughs> watching people up there like haul and set up their ledges and like have these like multi-day missions. It's really cool. And I think it's super fun, but it's a very different experience than when you just get to start, start from the ground and start climbing Sure. and not stop. And I think that's what's most inspiring to me in addition to the fact that like, I love, I actually am quite an endurance athlete. Like I love endurance. Mm -hmm. I love endurance challenges. I've run two ultra marathons. I am big into ski mountaineering, which involves like long days climbing up mountains and skiing down them. Like I love having those types of days in Mm -hmm. addition to the fact that, that rock climbing is my favorite thing in the whole world. And I'm so passionate about it. So when you can combine really hard rock climbing into like an endurance challenge that to me is like the ultimate gotcha. and also like free climbing El Cap in a day to me represents like all of your skills as a rock climber wrapped up into like one massive challenge. Like you have to have everything you have to have like the strength, like the pure rock climbing strength. So like hangboard bouldering, like all that type of training under your belt as well as massive amounts of endurance, as well as a logistical mind to like make it all fit together, as well as the luck of having a perfect day, Mm. as well as the like mental stamina to like stick with it when it gets really, really hard, you know, like you don't get to just like fall off your project and like return to the ground and be like, Oh, I'll just come back another day. Like there's so much that goes into that one day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really like the idea that you have to have all the different skills in order to be successful. So cool. So cool. (laughs) It sounds like you spent most of your time during quarantine training on a bouldering wall and focusing on power. Is there anything else that you did in particular to prepare for this coming into the season? Um, yeah, so I actually feel like COVID was kind of good for me in a way and that like I didn't, I stopped traveling obviously. And, um, that's one of the things that I feel like takes away from my training a lot of times is like the distraction of having to travel to all these different places. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I focused a lot in the spring on just building power and finger strength because that's honestly my biggest weakness. Uh, so I climbed on the moon board, did a lot of hangboard. Uh, also running like I'm really into running I know a lot of people are kind of say that running isn't great for climbing but I feel like it's really good for me mentally it's probably pretty Um, good for free climbing el cap in a day exactly so (laughs) I've sort of exactly so I was combining like running with a lot of power training and then my endurance like climbing endurance is actually my biggest strength Mm -hmm. I can kind of gain endurance I gain endurance really quickly and I gain endurance really with not very much effort put Mm -hmm. into it so i did a little bit of endurance training but then the majority of gaining endurance came from me just like going on climbing trips and going sport climbing and projecting routes so i spent like the summer in rifle and tent sleep and was just like projecting routes but also climbing a lot okay um so like instead of like having a route that i was 
just like having a route that I wanted to send. I had a route that I wanted to send. And then I would keep climbing after I had like my two or three burns, you know, um, I was always the one that was like, okay, I'm going to go do now. I'm going to go try to like onsite this like random 12 D or whatever. So I was sure. just climbing a lot. And then come August, I started climbing on granite a lot more because granite is just like a different beast for me and crack climbing and just getting used to like the insecure style of climbing on El Cap. You kind of have to climb on granite a lot. So I spent a lot of time like in the Eastern Sierra doing some bigger routes. Um, and then in Tuolumne, and, uh, just getting my head back, especially okay. after like falling in the last fall. Um, I need to get my like head screwed on straight for leading trad and, uh, getting used to run outs again. And so I, I kind of just tried to like touch on everything that I thought it would require that I thought this one day would require, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which in all honesty, I still don't know if I've done it. I don't know if I've like achieved that. I've talked to so many athletes about like how I should train for this objective. And it's just really confusing because it is so, you just kind of need everything. It's just not like a very simple thing. Mm. Um, so I, I just prepared by like basically climbing a lot and um, trading my weaknesses and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> So your first time climbing on Golden Gate, you were climbing with your partner, Adrian. And there's a great video about that. I'll share it in the show notes. I just watched it again. And it's it's really funny to watch that you guys were kind of both learning and figuring it out together. Like you were practicing hauling on the side of a building. And it, it sounds like with this in-a-day approach, you've been climbing with Alex Honnold. Is he still still your partner for this project? Um, that is to be determined. Okay. Uh, I talked to Alex the other day and he is going to be in the Valley. I haven't asked him yet. So I need to like, <laughs> okay, but you've tried it with I'm him waiting. before. Yeah. I've climbed on, I've climbed on LCAP quite a bit with Alex actually. Okay. Um, he supported me in all three of my previous attempts and I think I can get him to support me again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I've also, I've also climbed the free rider with him in a day when he was like training for his free solo. Okay. Um, but I didn't, I didn't send all the pitches. It was my first time climbing El Cap in a day. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I climbed it. Yeah. I've climbed with Alex quite a bit up there. What are some of the things that you've learned from him in relation to the fast in a day approach to free climbing El Cap? You know, I think Alex is one of those people that's like, it's really cool to climb with him because he he's like weirdly supportive. Like you might not feel <laughs> like he's supportive from the outside. You might be like, Oh, he's like kind of being like, sometimes he can be like kind of a dick, but then in a way he like, for me personally, he helps me climb better. He helps me like reach my potential up there. And I think it's because he's, he is probably the most comfortable person in the world up there. Mm. Like, El Cap is a scary place. It's really intimidating. Like people don't really talk about the fact that like, I, I bet you only Alex and Tommy are the only two people who aren't like truly afraid up there uh, <laughs> at times, you know? And so when you're around him, it's like, you kind of absorb this idea that like, yeah, it's chill. Like this isn't a big deal. Like this is just going climbing. Like it's just going climbing. And he really exudes that uh, attitude. Hmm. And I try to like replicate it when I'm not with him, but it's really hard. Um, <laughs> And when I'm with him, it's like, he's very confident in your ability, I guess I should say. Like to the point where like, 
sometimes you do things that maybe you shouldn't do, like you're running out too much or like, you you know, sometimes you're like over, I, so I feel like I'm a little overly confident when I'm with him sometimes. Like, I'm, oh yeah, like I can do this. Like I'll just, you know, we'll just simul climb the free last in an hour and a half. Like that's not a big deal, but <laughs> it's like really, really fast actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, in a way, like Alex makes me a better climber when I'm climbing with him. Hmm. Um, and I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that he is so confident in, my abilities like a lot of times he's more confident than i am you know and he treats it like it's not a big deal he's just like oh yeah you'll do that like whatever it's fine like if i fall on a pitch he'll be like just rest a second and, like come back and do it like you'll be fine it's <laughs> that whole attitude yeah that's so cool um, that's so interesting yeah you uh you alluded to this accident that you had was it last fall yeah it was last november Okay. And you were simul climbing with Alex. It sounds like it was a really cold day. Your feet were numb. You were just starting up the route and you slipped and fell about 50 feet and hit a ledge. And all in all, you were miraculously okay. No, no major damage done. I'm curious though. I'd, I'd love to hear how that accident has informed your current approach. Are you using any different tactics coming out of that experience? Yeah. So yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, pretty traumatizing and like I, I got really lucky and I, I'm definitely aware of the fact that I got really lucky um and looking forward like everyone's always asking me like aren't you afraid to be back up there like aren't you and it's kind of like not really because I just wasn't placing gear and I was running it out so much it was that overly confident thing you know and I wasn't aware of the fact that it was I wasn't actually thinking about the fact that it was really cold and that um it's actually quite humid in the morning mm. in Yosemite and when you combine like the like the slight humidity with the cold it like it almost created like this layer of like frozen, like it was like a little frozen on the surface. Yeah, like condensation on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Actually, Ethan tried. Ethan tried to do Golden Gate in a day. The next day after I fell, and he uh, whipped like a pitch above where I whipped. Oh, wow. Like same type of thing. Just like slipped off, super cold. Took this huge whipper. <laughs> so it was like definitely in the air at the time. But so I've approached it differently. I mean, I guess I've just been a little bit gentle to myself in Yosemite this season like definitely been carrying definitely been placing more gear definitely not been running it out I haven't simul climbed yet I'm still like kind of figuring out what my method is going to be on the day that I try I also have found that like you know a lot of people like don't wear helmets on El Cap because it's like oh there's not that much rock fall and like you know whatever um I've started wearing a helmet again I always wore a helmet on El Cap but I didn't actually on that one day because I was going to be moving so fast and it gets like kind of annoying in the, the off whips and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've decided that I'm going to wear a helmet, especially actually when I'm on the easier climbing, because that's when I'm like run out most. And that's when it's easiest to flip upside down if you fall, I think. So yeah, I've just, I think when, when we engage in dangerous activities, it's like you start out being like really afraid of every little thing, like irrationally afraid. And then you grow more and more comfortable until you kind of like cross the line into being like too comfortable. And then, mm. you know, something like something like an accident happens. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. I need to like recalibrate and think about like what is actually rational to be afraid of. And I'm sort of like in that mode of recalibrating and trying to like decide how to, how much risk I want to take and um, what is appropriate for me. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. That's super interesting. Um, it's interesting that you just mentioned Ethan. I actually reached out to him to ask if he had any questions for you. 
And he wanted to know, he had a couple. He wanted to know, what is your least favorite pitch on Golden Gate? Oh my God, I have so many, actually. <laughs> uh, maybe real quick, what's the breakdown? How many pitches is the route? Is it like 36 or something? Um, It's like 41 oh, pitches wow. officially. Okay. Uh, it's 41 pitches. It's like the hardest pitches are this this pitch called the down climb, which is this 13A slab down climb that's like 20 feet. Oh my God. That's like the most infuriating pitch of all time. It's like <laughs> you basically have to like suspend disbelief and like just like actually be okay with your feet slipping off, but mm. still try really hard. It's like this weird balance of like you have to like not want to fall off, but you have to be okay with falling off. Hmm. And then you just have to try really hard. <laughs> it's really, it's a bizarre pitch. Um, there's this pitch called the move, which is this really reachy boulder problem. That's like 30. It's like 12 D if you're tall, but more like 13 B if you're my height. Okay. Then there's a golden desert, which is just like this kind of tips crack thing. That's like 13 a ish, uh, really pumpy towards the end. And then there's the a five traverse, which is this 13 a traverse, I rail campus traverse total sport climb, which is at the end. And that's what I failed on last year Okay. on my attempt, oh, um, my good attempt. So I failed like four pitches from the top. Oh man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. I would, but I would say like my least favorite pitch. I really, I really dislike all of the down climbing on El Cap. There's a lot of down climbing huh. like pitches where you're just like, cause you have to obviously you have to free it. And so like, there's a lot of pitches where you're just like, for instance, the one that's the most annoying probably is the hollow flake. Okay. Um, it's on, it's on the Salafe, um, or like it's part of the Salafe, part of the free rider. And essentially you like start in one place and you're looking at the anchor that's like up maybe 30 feet and across 30 feet. But in order to get there, you have to down climb this crack that's rated 11 D and you down climb, you down climb probably, 120 feet and then you traverse across on holds like 30 feet and then you get in this and then you get back you get in this like off with this 5.8 off with and you climb up like 150 feet <laughs> and you can't protect it very well because you've climbed so far down and across and then up and then the off with is really wide and so you're basically soloing it and so you have to know how to climb like a 5.8 off with which it's really not that easy if you don't know how to do it. Sure. And it's scary because you're, you don't have any gear and it takes so long. It takes <laughs> such a long pitch. It takes like 45 uh, minutes to do it. And yeah. it's so annoying because you're like not really gaining that much distance, yeah. but you have, you have to do it. So that might, might be like my least favorite pitch, probably the hollow flake, just because it's so annoying. Okay. So you have to climb that one on golden gate as well. Yeah, you have to climb it on Golden Gate as well. Okay. Um, and then, like, just all the down climbing. And then, of course, the monster. That's, like, the classic one that's, like, mm. just straight-up loathing. But, um, <laughs> you know. I, I heard a piece anything, of... Any, go ahead. <laughs> anything wide and anything that involves down climbing. Okay. <laughs> just so not fun. <laughs> I, I heard a piece of lore about you climbing the monster and bumping a number six the entire way and... You at the top, you realize that you'd forgotten to to clip it. Is that true? Yeah, that ha <laughs> yeah happened last year. Yeah, 
it happened last year and it's like oh my god usually usually it's like really hard to push like usually it's annoying to push the sticks because it like catches where you're clipped in Uh so it's like kind of a lot of work and what for like it was going really well when i was doing it i was like oh my god it's so easy to push it it's because it wasn't clipped in (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) he also wanted to know what is your favorite pitch on golden gate uh my favorite pitch is i do i really love the golden desert pitch i think it's so so beautiful the golden desert and the a5 like the two harder pitches at the top are just really really cool like mix of like crack climbing and face climbing like super technical it's just like the position is amazing because it's like the steep part of the wall so you're just like you're and it's cool because you're just like you feel like you're 2,800 feet off the ground and you're kind of, you're like sport climbing. You're like campusing and like heel hooking and doing all this cool stuff. So I really, I really, really love those pitches, even though they're kind of like the gateway to the, to the success for me. Okay, <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, in the video of you free climbing golden gate, the first time around you were wearing women's mirror Velcros for those pitches. Yeah. Are those your yeah. go-to for L cap? They are not. I've gone through a phase. I've gone through very many, many phases of trying to figure out the proper footwear for LCAP. Yeah. I was like in a squama phase for a little while. And then Whoa. I realized that like, yeah, because I really like them like in Indian Creek. They're really good for crack climbing, mm-hmm. but they're actually far too soft and your feet get too tired over the course of the day mm. to like wear them effectively. And I still do like the Velcro Miras, but I got really into the Katakis for a while. Okay. I really like the Katakis. But then, honestly, I have finally converted to the TC Pro. Oh, wow. Okay. Alex always told me that, like, he was always like, why aren't you wearing the TC Pro? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You're blowing it. Like, and I hate to admit that he's right, but <laughs> I finally, like, I finally, like, just broke through with the TC Pro, like, last week. And I was like, I'm wow. only going to wear the TC Pro. I'm going to see how it works on the hard pitches. On the whole thing? And they're thing. like... On the whole thing. Wow. So I think that's, I think I'm just going to wear TC Pros. Like, that's it. Okay. I, and I think that, I mean, they, there's a reason that, like, literally everyone, even people not sponsored by La Sportiva, and I can say this because I am sponsored by La Sportiva, all of them have the TC Pro up there. They're just, mm. like, wearing them in secret. <laughs> 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 because they're the best, they're the best shoes for LCAP. It's kind of, like... It's kind of amazing. Yeah. How guess, well how well they work. I guess that Tommy guy has some experience, huh? He knows what he's doing up there, you know? And <laughs> I think it just took me a while to break them in because my feet yeah. are so small and the shoes are so small that like it takes a while to get used to the stiffness, but then once you learn to trust them, it's like it's a very different experience. Okay. Do you wear one size for everything? I'm kind of going through that right now. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay. Um, I might I might wear a slightly bigger size for like the moderate climbing and then like switch to a smaller size for the like the face climbing and like the slabs and all that stuff okay but i'm not sure yet i would love to only wear one size that's what alex does he just wears one size and wow. i would love to get to that point that's i'm just worried about foot yeah i know i'm just worried about foot pain totally yeah yeah that seems like it could be a total game changer or a total yeah. make or break up there for sure so i'm yeah i'm gonna try it this time around i'm gonna try just one size okay. and see what happens like in the next few days. And then I'll decide when I like what I actually do. Okay. Yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit. 
<laughs> in, in prep for this, I just watched your TED Talk. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed it. It was all about fear and your experience with fear. I would love to hear how you think about conquering fear versus embracing fear and using it as fuel. Yeah. So I've always, I think like I've always sort of struggled as with fear in climbing. Like I think that people who don't climb, obviously we know this isn't true, but people who don't climb think that climbers are like fearless and like we crave it, adrenaline and like we love being up high. And I'm just like not into that stuff. <laughs> I don't like, like, I just am not like, I'm afraid of exposure and I'm afraid of like, like repelling off of El Cap. The first seven times I did it, I cried. Um, I get super stressed. Like I don't like, I don't like being afraid. I just like, I think climbing is inherently scary. I don't like taking huge falls. Like there's a lot of things about climbing that are really scary for me. Um, and so it's caused me a lot, like even since I was really, really young, like I was terrified of taking lead falls. Like I've had to work through a lot of fear in my climbing and, um, it's always caused me to question like why I do it and why it's worth it and like what it is that makes me continue to do it. And I think that it is actually the empowering feeling of like working through those fears. That's what I find to be like really rewarding. Hmm. Um, like the idea that you can be so terrified of being 3000 feet off the ground and then somehow click into a mode where you're trying really, really hard and taking huge whippers up there and only focusing on climbing. Like that process to me is so cool and it's so empowering. And I think that it's less about like not being afraid because I am afraid. Like there's no, there's no not being afraid in my, in my book. Like that's an emotion that exists and there's no way to just like make it disappear. Like we've all, you know, like I, I just, I don't believe that that happens. I think if you are afraid, the best way to handle it is to acknowledge it and like ask yourself what you need to move through it and sort of like accept it and let it, let it be there along with all the other feelings that you have and, and move through it. Um, and some days that might be like coming down. Some days it might be not going for it. Some days it might be just like going for it a little bit. Some days it might be just like sitting there and taking a breather and like figuring out what the next move is. Um, it's all like a pretty fluid process, but for me, like that discomfort of fear is very much a part of climbing and it's very much a part of like why I do it. Hmm. Um, the process of working through it and kind of like analyzing, analyzing your own feelings. I think it, it helps you learn a lot about yourself. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's um yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for that. I have a listener question that's right in line with that. He wanted to know are there any kind of specific tips that you would have or or maybe things that you do for yourself, tactics that you use when you're feeling especially afraid in that moment? Yeah, so what I tell people is I get this question a lot and I tell people to like and I'm not always the best at this. Um but I think that being kind to yourself and like being okay with your fear is like the first step. Like instead of beating yourself, like when I was a kid, I used to beat myself up all the time for being afraid. I was like, why are you afraid? So stupid. Like, hmm. don't be afraid. You shouldn't be afraid. Like that just makes it all worse. So I think that first step is like, just like letting it be like, okay, I'm scared. Like, and it's scary. Like, you're right. This is scary. Climbing is scary. Like humans aren't meant to be like 
super high off the ground. This is like a biological thing. And so just like, like accepting that fear and like being a little bit gentle to yourself about it. And then for me, like, especially dealing with my fear this year with after falling, it's been a little bit more like asking myself, okay, I'm afraid. So what do I need to do to like, not make the fear go away, but to just like make it a little bit more manageable. Hmm. And I think asking yourself that question. So if you're afraid of taking lead falls, like maybe it isn't like just diving into the deep end of the pool and like going and like taking huge whippers on purpose. Like I remember my climbing coaches used to make me do that in the gym and I hated it Hmm. and it never worked and it was horrible. So like maybe it's top roping for a little while. Maybe it's, like taking smaller falls maybe for me it was like okay well i'm afraid of runouts and i'm afraid of falling and hitting a ledge just like i did last fall so i'm gonna wear a helmet i'm gonna place a lot of gear i'm not gonna be ashamed of that and whenever i want to place gear even if it looks ridiculous and i'm totally sewing it up like that's fine that's what i need to do to work through this right now Hmm. so i think like it's all about finding the balance between like being a little bit uncomfortable, like towing that line of like, okay, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone because I know that this is what leads to growth. But I'm also not going to like completely traumatize myself so that I never want to climb again or Mm. so that I never want to do this thing again. It's a little bit about like, okay, I'm going to coddle the fear a little bit and I'm going to like, let it be there, but I'm going to take steps to like, to lessen it. I'm going to take steps to still be uncomfortable and still like, push myself, but not too much. That's what I mean by like, be a little gentler. Like I didn't just stop climbing on El Cap. I was like, okay, I'm going to go there with a lot of gear and I'm going to like, and I also like voice when I'm afraid a lot. Hmm. Like I'll just tell my Blair, I'll be like, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) What does Alex say when you tell him that? Well, Alex actually, um, Alex is always just like, that's okay. Nice. It's okay. And I remember I told him that once, like when I was really tired during one of my attempts, I was like, Alex, I'm really scared. And he goes, and I was like really run out and I was in this like bad place. And he goes, that's okay. You should be afraid. (laughs) I was like, okay, well that doesn't really help. It's too, too far. (laughs) But like, you know, I think, and I think as a belayer and as a supporter or a partner or whatever it is, like, I think, I think letting that person have that fear and being like, okay, like, all right, you're going through this. I got you. Like I'm Hmm. right here. Like, that's all you need to hear. And that's what Adrian does. He's just like, all right, I'm here. Even though maybe like sometimes it, it is a, a dangerous place. Like just, just kind of acknowledging that it's there and um, being supportive instead mm. of being like, oh, you have nothing to be afraid of. Like that just doesn't help. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's a little bit of therapy, but like telling, telling someone their feelings aren't valid, like never really works. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I have another question with Ethan that's kind of tied to this as well, or may may or may not be tied to this. He and I have had a lot of conversations about anxiety. That's something that he struggles with in, in life and in climbing. And he was curious if you had anything to share about, about anxiety or how you work through that. I've also, I've heard you mention that you've been using the waking up app as like a mindfulness practice. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear about your experience with, with that as well. Yeah. So... I do deal with anxiety, especially like in a time like right now where I'm like trying to do like trying to like achieve my dream goal, like my life, my life's work sort of like it just all feels like a big like it feels like a big deal for me personally. It's like a really big deal. And there is a lot of anxiety. And there is a lot of stress. 
I was using the waking up app for a little while, like trying to do the meditation thing. And, you know, I've found that like the best thing for me to do is like, there's a couple, there's a couple things. I, I actually try to stay off my phone, try Hmm. to stay off Instagram. So like I put like a time limit on my phone so that I don't like go on Instagram. Cause I think, I think social media like really causes me a lot of anxiety sometimes. Sure. Like the scrolling and just like, I I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think it's very healthy for us. I know we've all been like watching, watching the social network and we're all realizing this, but like, I just think collectively, like we could use less social media. Yeah. Those algorithms, (laughs) man. So, so doing that less has been really helpful for me. And another thing is I'm not, uh, I don't think that this is for everyone, but I am very much like a, a perfectionist, like type A, like very, um, I can be very obsessive about everything like training, food, like preparation, like perfection. I am very into like having everything be perfect. And I've started to try to let that side go a little bit. And Hmm. as a result, like I do things purposefully not like calculated. So like I don't, I go on runs and I don't time them. I don't see how far I've run. I don't, like as a woman, like all these women are like, oh, you should track your like menstrual cycles. Like, I don't do that. I don't do it because then what if like I have to climb on a day where it's not where I'm meant to be like weak, like that'll fuck with me. So, <laughs> so I don't do that. I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I kind of throw data out the window in a way. Like, I'm, I think there's a place for it certainly, but like with hangboard, like people are, re- I, people are really like scientific about hangboard and stuff. And sometimes I just go hang on. I just do what I want. I just mm-hmm. like make stuff up and I get creative with it. And I, I don't like write things down. Um, I used to be obsessive about sequences and like how to do certain moves and on golden gate, it's like way too overwhelming to try to memorize 3,200 feet of rock climbing. So I just like, don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And it's like, it's a, it's a lot of like less is more. Like I don't count calories. I don't have a diet. Like I'm not saying like throw everything out the window and like do whatever you want. But I try to like be a little more relaxed about things and like be a little bit more intuitive Okay. because I think that I hold on too tightly to like being perfect and to things like being the way that I want them to be. And when they're not the way that I want them to be, that's when the anxiety creeps in. Sure. Yeah. And so if I can like approach my life in a little bit more like fluid, relaxed way, I don't know. It sounds like kind of cosmic. Uh, <laughs> no, that, I, uh, it's actually resonating super hard with me. This is really right? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know that everyone's all into like, like everyone's into science. Like I know we, I, I, of course I like, going like political like i believe in science obviously but (laughs) (laughs) i do think there is a little bit of room for creativity and there's room for like a little playfulness yeah in in my climbing i've i've been missing that and so i'm trying to i'm trying to have that approach with this project actually just like a little bit of space for creativity and for improvisation and for things to not be perfect because that's just so unrealistic and that's where my anxiety comes from (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. It's, it's super interesting. So I'm an engineer and I mean, I can be such a robot and I'm actually working on learning how to just kind of be a little bit more vibey with my climbing and just, you know, 
going with the flow and, and listening to my body and that sort of stuff. That's, that's kind of hard for me, but I think it's probably my biggest area for, for growth. So. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you're like really used to analyzing every little data point <laughs> yes. and like drawing conclusions from that. And sometimes it's like, but sometimes you just might not feel right. Or sometimes you might feel like doing something different. And I think trusting ourselves is maybe one of the most important things we can do. Hmm. But if you let like all the, like all the data and all the numbers and all that, like take over, it can be like almost like you're fighting yourself. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I still like use Strava and stuff, but I just, you know, occasionally, you know, more, more often than not, I'm like, I'm just going to go do my thing or on the moon board. Like I just won't, I'll like change the angle of the wall so that I don't have to look at the grades. (laughs) You know? Uh Yeah. Cool. Interesting. So interesting. So, um, I have a friend of mine that I, um, told I was going to be talking to you, asked her if she had anything that she was curious about as far as you go. And she just said, I guess it's not really a question. She just said that she really loves everything that you've shared on weight and climbing, body weight and climbing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she said that you you really eat to fuel your body. And as a newer climber, she remembers being really inspired by how strong you looked. And and that really was a massive influence for her. So I just wanted to, to pass that along. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've like, I'm really happy that there's more conversation happening around it because it's definitely something that I've struggled and a lot of my friends have struggled with. And it's, it can be like a pretty lonely thing. And I'm just really happy that like, I can be a voice for like, you know, you can, you can still enjoy your life and push yourself in climbing and be really happy about it. (laughs) Um, So thank you. That's a great message. I also reached out to Paige Klassen. Uh-huh. I have a question from her. Oh. She said, you know, you've made the transition into these different facets of the sport look really smooth from the outside, getting into trad climbing, getting into big wall free climbing. And she was curious what it looks like on the inside. And that's a big topic to unpack. So I was thinking... I would love for you to describe a moment, maybe when you were first breaking into trad or big wall, free climbing on El Cap, um, describe a moment where things maybe weren't going so smoothly. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that's really, really nice of Paige to say, (laughs) Um, but I think we all know that like, you know, in real life, like that type, that type of transition is, it's pretty messy and it's pretty humbling. And there's been a lot of moments where I'm like, this isn't for me. Like, why am I doing this? Um, I'm not good at this. Like, why should I keep trying? And I think, you know, I, I mean, I can't, there's too many instances to count where I've like had complete meltdowns Hmm. because I'm scared or because I don't feel like I'm good enough or because I don't feel like I can do it. Um, like pretty much every time I go back to Yosemite for the season, I, have this like overwhelming fear of like kind of dread at like, Hmm. Oh no, like I'm going back into this world that I feel like maybe I don't really belong here. Like maybe this isn't like, maybe this isn't my place. Like a lot of people when they're up on a wall, they describe like this feeling of peace and like how amazing it is. And like, that's all great. But like, I don't feel that a lot of times, (laughs) a lot of times I'm like, okay, when did, when can I get to the ground? Like, when do I get to 
<laughs> when do I get to not be here? Um, <laughs> the truth behind the in a day ascent strategy <laughs> comes out. <laughs> totally. It's like, get me off of here right now. Um, and I think that that's, I think that it's important to communicate that to people. Like, I, I don't think everyone who's, I don't think everyone who's up there is going through this like super peaceful, like spiritual journey. Not at first. I think it sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does. It is horrible. But it's also, yeah, it's horrible. But it's also like beautiful and amazing. And there's like it's like a roller coaster of emotions, you know. And I think that, you know, like for instance, this this year, my first time rappelling off of El Cap. I'll actually tell you like a, a triumphant story because oh, perfect. Um, I was proud of it. Like we repel the whole mountain in order to get to the down climb that like slab pitch I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially you like hike up 3,500 feet and then you repel down 2000 feet. And then I down climb 20 feet and then repel the rest of the 1500 feet to the ground. Like that's the day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like an absurd uh, day. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> like all of that to literally down climb for 20 feet. And, um, so funny it's really complicated to like get there because you wrap the Salafe headwall and it's really steep and you have to like swing back and forth at one point in order to get into the wall. And it's like this really scary thing because you just, you just drop over the edge and you're looking down at the treetops 3,200 feet below. Mm. And it's so, it's just so jarring every time. And every time I've done it, I've had, I've, I've cried. I've just been like, I don't want to do this. I feel like I can't deal with this exposure. Like it literally makes me nauseous. I feel so scared. I don't want to do this. Hmm. And it's been every time I've like cried in front of multiple people and people are just kind of like, okay, like, (laughs) well, we're here. So what do you want to do? And, um, I just did it again last week and it was the, oh, and it was the first time that I like got down there and I was like, okay, like I'm okay. I think I'm okay. But it's taken however long to get to that point. Hmm. And it's just like a tiny moment of like, it's probably like 15 minutes where it's that exposed and scary. But every time it's been absolutely petrifying and like super emotionally draining and really hard. And this was the first time that I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. So that's been the process. And it's been like, willing to put myself in those, those types of situations that are really uncomfortable and hard and just keep, keep going in a way. Um, because some part of me knows that it's worth it, hmm. I guess. <laughs> so cool. So you just kind of described this golden gate in a day. I think what did, what was the words that you used? I think you said something to the effect of this is like my life's work or the culmination of my life's work in climbing. Yeah, it's really interesting to follow your career. You, you've become such a versatile athlete. You know, you're such a well-rounded—not just rock climber, but mountain climber. You're an incredible skier, and you're kind of integrating all of that into your life as a professional athlete. I, I'd love to hear how you're thinking about where the future lies. Like, where do you hope to take your climbing? And a question I'd love to ask you is. I guess, what do you hope your 80-year-old self would tell you now, looking back at your life and your accomplishments? Yeah, so, okay, well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate all those words. Um, I I do sort of see this as, like, my my big, like, crowning achievement in climbing. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want it to be. Um, to me, it, like, represents 
all the skills that I've like worked so hard to build over the years. And it's really, really important to me. And, and as far as like what else I want to do, like, of course I have all these other goals and I have all these other places I want to visit and like all these other personal things I want to do in my climbing. But this is the one thing that like I've poured so much into and I, I really want it like (laughs) selfishly for myself. That's what I want. Um, and then after, like, I think I'm also, but I'm also still very aware of the fact that like, I'm, I'm really proud of my career. I'm really proud of like what I've done. And I'm proud of the fact that I've managed to turn my passion into, into a, a lifestyle and I've m- managed to make a living off of it. And, you know, I think Adrian and I are actually we're engaged. So we're going to get married next year. Congratulations. Really exciting. Yeah. Thank you. So cool. Pretty fun. Um, <laughs> I, we're definitely going to have a family eventually. So that's like in the cards for sure. I want to be a parent. I think that sounds like an amazing adventure journey, Hmm. maybe like the next one in the next few years. Um, And then as far as like my 80 year old self looking back, like I just want to have contributed to climbing in a way that like inspires people to essentially do what I'm doing. Like not, the same goals per se, but like put themselves in uncomfortable places and push themselves mentally and physically and learn about themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. I hope that I inspire people to do that. And I hope that I inspire people to like really think deeply about like what climbing gives to them and, and how, how it supports them and how it supports others. Like, I think we're learning, especially in the last few years that climbing is climbing can be so much more than just like sending hard and it can be something that is for everyone it can Mm. be something that gives so much to every type of person and every type of community and it can also instill a deep appreciation for the natural world and it can instill a desire to protect it and i just i want to be like a small part of that i think like i want to be a small voice in that larger mission to make climbing more about whatever this personal journey this like part of our existence that gives us so much that we that we strive to protect it i want climbing to to become that and instead of just like oh what's the next hardest thing that's happening Hmm. well emily i think you already have been that inspiration for many (laughs) many people and I think you're continuing to do that with every conversation that you have like this on podcasts and through the videos that you share, um, all the content that you put out. So thank you for, for being as open and vulnerable and honest as you continue to be. Thank you so much. (laughs) That means a lot. (laughs) I'd love to ask you, what is something that you have been feeling especially grateful for lately? That's something that I ask everybody. I have been feeling incredibly grateful for, my home actually Mm. um i we we had a very adulting move last year and we (laughs) bought a house yeah and it was like a really really kind of a big risk for us um and it was kind of like scary and hard but it was like totally our dream to like live in this house kind of near to the like lake tahoe and um it's just been like like because of covid actually it's just been such a blessing to be there like every day I'm at my house and I'm like oh my god I just can't believe I get to exist in this space it's like (laughs) so much it's just so grounding and I'm just so 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 grateful to have to have a home 
<laughs> Could you describe something that you love about your house? Yeah, I it's a um it's a double A frame, so it's like a cabin that oh, was built cool. in 1966. So it has these crazy high ceilings and like this really really big window. Mm. And it's just like kind of it's just like this perfect space for me and I just really really love it. Like I feel so every time I walk into my house it's like the sense of like calm washes over me. Uh, I want that. I know it's just so <laughs> I'm just so I just have I'm just so grateful for it and um yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like housing prices in Tahoe have like skyrocketed because of COVID, mm. uh, because everyone wants to move now. So there's like, like the we just got so lucky. We oh, we, we could have never we could have never bought this house this year. So it's just like we got really lucky, and um, I'm just really, I just feel really fortunate. So I'm really grateful. <laughs> cool. Well, we yeah. are we're getting towards the end here. We're running low on time. I'd love to just ask you a few more rapid fire questions. Perfect. No pressure. They don't have to be quick responses. Um, I have seen you use dancing to warm up on the side of a big wall before. What is your go-to yeah. warm-up or hype music when you're cold on the side <laughs> of a big wall somewhere? I listen to reggaeton. Like, reggaeton. Uh, Latin, like Latin music. Like Kyra Condi listens to a lot of reggaeton, too. We okay. definitely bonded over that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like South American Spanish music. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm like pretty into that. <laughs> it's like pretty cheesy. Like if you ask any uh, like South Americans, they kind of like roll their eyes a little bit. They're like, Ugh. <laughs> so cheesy, but um, yeah, uh -huh. I love it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Do you have any weird or quirky habits that you do on a climbing day? Um, weird or quirky habits? Not really. I mean, no. I I definitely have like like special food that I like to bring and like snacks and stuff. Um, okay. But I don't, I don't really have, well, actually that's not true. I, I definitely, I really like to wear uh, earrings. Okay. Um, and I wear like, I wear like really not functional earrings that I, <laughs> like I wear dangly earrings or I wear like hoops or whatever and they always end up getting lost. <laughs> and I always lose them and it's like, I, it, it's like I just accept it. Like I accept that I'm gonna wear these earrings climbing, and then they're gonna get lost. And like that's a part of it. You need a, a part of it. You need a dangly earring sponsor. I do. I do. I need. I, or like an earring back sponsor. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Love it. They just fall out, and then they're gone, and I'm kind of like, okay, well, that earring like lives its life with me, and now it's gone. If anyone's that's listening, my hit us thing. up. Okay, that's perfect. Do you have a Do you have a favorite snack that you eat on an in a day push on Golden Gate when you're getting to the down climb pitch and you just need to rally? Uh, Skittles. Skittles. I've been I've been carrying a pack of Skittles. Yeah, like now I'm less I'm less of a believer in like the fancy like goo gel things, and I really like candy and cookies. Okay. And if I have the time in the morning, I'll eat pancakes. Okay. Pancakes. Okay. Yeah. I was watching one of your Instagram videos and you were joking that you're a total junk show in the kitchen. Uh -huh. Do you have any favorite cooking or baking successes that came out of quarantine? Yeah, I started making a uh, trash bake. I started making naan essentially, okay. which is incredibly easy to make. Everyone should do it. <laughs> like just look it up. It's the easiest thing in the world and it's so good. Okay. And then final quick question. This one's from Ethan Pringle. He wanted to know what is the last flavor of ice cream that you ate? Um, 
this is a good one. I, the last favorite ice cream I, ice cream I ate is um, cupcake batter ice cream. It's cupcake like, batter ice cream. Yes, it was cup. It's like cupcake. Got like chunks of cupcakes and cupcake batter and sprinkles. <laughs> oh my god, where did you yeah. where do you find where does one find that? Adrian got it for me. I got, I got really into like birthday cake flavored things, and I started putting sprinkles in my pancakes, and sprinkles <laughs> like in everything. And um, he found it. It's like this brand. I think it's called like Awesome Ice Cream or something. And they have a cupcake flavored sprinkles situation going mm. on. It's really good. Brilliant. <laughs> perfect when he asked me that question i thought there was like a specific story behind it i was like oh this is going to be hilarious and then i followed up with him and he's like no i just want to know what her last flavor, <laughs> flavor ice cream was that's good well i'm glad that it's like an interesting one <laughs> <laughs> me too me too well emily this has been super fun really nice chatting with you and i i wish you the best of luck on your attempts on golden gate um i'm hoping that by the time this publishes you will have sent it, but either way, we will all be rooting for you and you'll, you will be in our thoughts and best of luck. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate the chat. That was fun. Awesome. All right. I'll let you get to your preparation and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey friends, real quick before you go, I wanted to wrap up this episode by reading Emily's most recent Instagram post, her post about the send. I thought it was great and I thought it was appropriate to share it here. So here it is. I never believed I could actually free climb El Cap in a day when I first set the goal for myself. It didn't seem like a realistic objective for me. I didn't have the skills, fitness, or risk profile to move so quickly over such a large piece of stone, but I chose it exactly for that reason. Impossible dreams challenge us to rise above who we are now to see if we can become better versions of ourselves. On November 4th, I started climbing with Alex Honnold at 1.34 a.m., caught between my own internal drama of achieving a life goal and the more prevalent one of the elections, both unfolding in parallel ways in my brain. I knew I was in for a big day, but that's exactly why I was here. I wanted to find my limit and exist in it and fight beyond it. A nasty slip on the 13A golden desert pitch almost took my resolve. A deep gash on my forehead left me bloody and defeated. I pulled on again, part of me not really wanting to stay on the wall, the other part gathering courage and flow. I kept thinking, why am I still hanging on? The next pitch was the A5 Traverse, where I failed last year. This time, it was not my limit. I fought hard, but with flawless movements in the dark. I cried at the belay. It could happen this time. The final five pitches felt scary in my current state, but I pulled over the lip at 10.30 p.m. in disbelief. There's a lot more to say, but mostly I wanted to express my gratitude for love and support from friends, family, and strangers. I feel the love so intensely right now. Thank you all. Congratulations again, Emily. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.